Hi, I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. Welcome to Your Creative Chord Podcast. If you're new to YCC, here you'll get empowering strategies for nurturing creativity and inspiration. Could you use some help learning the art of prioritization and focus to achieve your goals? Get Team YCC's free checklist on how to prioritize for best results when you join Team YCC at yourcreativecord.com forward slash sign up here. That's yourcreativecord, C-H-O-R-D, yourcreativecord.com forward slash sign up here. Your Creative Chords featured guest today is incredibly gifted pyrography artist Amanda Packard, also known as the Phoenix Quill. Packard is based in Harrison, Ohio, but we met at the McConnell Springs Park Art Fair in my hometown of Lexington, Kentucky. Packard's pyrography works are an exquisite visual feast of beautiful craftsmanship and imaginatively story-like inspiration. Our dialogue takes us through a step-by-step of the artist's creative process, the tools essential for her pyrography art, and how her unusually repressed background became a catalyst for creativity. We also chat about the fortune and impact of positive mentors and how those experiences become lifelong memories to form the tapestry of an artist's vision. I just was looking at your Instagram. Your page is so beautiful to look at with all your different pieces on it. It's just really nice. you. You live in Harrison, Ohio, and I just learned from you that you relocated there from Nicholasville, Lexington about three years ago. Is that correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, I met my husband uh, and we got married and he was established here in Ohio. So that's what uh, led me to the outskirts of Cincinnati here. Nice though. That's a, that's a nice location too. Oh, it is. It is. But I'm a little biased because my mother was raised in, she was born and raised in Nicholasville and I grew up in Lexington. So I was excited to see that you actually are from around here. So that's kind of neat that we have that in common. Absolutely. And tell your mother I said, hi, she's a lovely lady. She is. (laughs) She is. And, And she's been so inspired too, since we visited your art craft booth at uh, what was the name of that that was an art fair at mcconnell springs it was just a yeah that was kind of a little pop-up show that just came out of nowhere and highly successful we had a lot of people come in that day so it was really nice i'm glad to hear that well we just barely caught it so we were glad to see that and my mom was so inspired absolutely i just loved her she was wonderful She's a good mama, too. And she's an artist painter. So she has been on fire. She's just a whole nother topic. But she just finished sewing, making a purse for herself. And someone saw it and wants them wants her to make some for her for them. And so she's got two orders in for that. And she just finished making me uh, pajamas. Nice. I love it. (laughs) And she's painting. She's she does all kinds of watercolor acrylic paints. And she does them for her. She just finished some physical therapy. So as a gift, she'll give them away. You know, she's just really on fire and going to that art fair to see, you know, incredibly talented artists like yourself has it's 
it means so much to her because it really sparks her inspiration. So, Oh, I love to hear that. That was just wonderful. That just that entire visit made my day and I could just tell, I could see it. I could see it in her, just the excitement. And that's just the wonderful thing about art Mm -hmm. in general and the creative arts and And artists. I love it. Absolutely. Click together. It's just beautiful. And I will say that you sound a lot more like you're from around here than me because I've lived away for a while. You have oh, that beautiful yeah. Southern bell <laughs> accent. <laughs> Mine's gone. It, it shines through. It sure does, especially up here. Uh, yes, they say, oh, <laughs> I know where you're from. Well, of course you do. <laughs> it's beautiful, though. It's it's really, I, I'm proud of that. My mom sounds like that, too. Absolutely. <laughs> what are your creative outlets? Well, I uh, started out uh, just doing things on paper. Of course, my favorite mediums to begin with, say in high school and just coming up into my teenage years, I did a lot of ink and um, also a lot of graphite and and uh, watercolors. When you say doing things on paper and ink, are you do you mean just simply drawing things, sketching? Yes. Things? And graphite? Graphite is just, you know, lead pencil, different leads. They have different levels of softness. And the softer the lead, the darker the value you can get with your drawings. Interesting. So, oh, yeah, I started out uh, doing a lot of just monochromatic, just uh, black and white type pictures. Um, Really, that was out of fear of just diving into color because color is just a science of its own. And and I didn't understand it. A whole, whole lot. So I do go back to that from time to time. And um, I've done several paintings on paper or uh, canvases, different things like that. And I'll still do uh, sometimes. Actually, I have a commission in right now um, to do a sea creature that Mm. um, will be ink and watercolor. So I love to do all of the... um, Anything that just requires a pencil, a pen, some type of instrument to make a, an image of some sort, um, those have always been just uh, the number one things that I've used in, mm-hmm. uh, creatively as my outlet. Um, but strictly hop, speaking in terms of a hobby, I have done a little bit of crochet and oh. there was a, a time that um, I played around with the guitar and mandolin oh, and okay. things like that. But like I said, there's 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 not a lot of skill there. I just do it as hobby for fun and I just try to include as much as I can you know, from all areas of Mm -hmm. arts, you know. And that's an interesting thing about so many artists and any kind of creator that I connect with. It's very, very common that there are multiple creative outlets, whether you consider yourself highly skilled in one or not is beside the point. It's amazing to me how any talented person that I've spoken to has all these different you know, ways to express ideas. So that's, yes, that's neat. I've noticed that too. And it is, it really is um, wonderful. I know you just mentioned you have some paintings coming up on, um, I mean, a, an ink and watercolor commission piece coming up. How did you move from ink and pencil to pyrography? It's interesting too, because, you know, just say, gosh, a young adult, I just wanted to look into a different hobby and and see what was out there and kind of change up my creative outlet a little bit Mm -hmm. and I invested in uh, a neat little wood burning kit and um, 
just started practicing on that. And, and really, I Neat. for several years, it was just a little side thing that I did. And it was a hobby. And, and I would do the more traditional work with, you know, a lot of people like to have signs by their on their front porch or, you know, just the family name and, and oh, things like that. And so it was real, just, you know, a fun little thing. Uh, I had friends and family that enjoyed it. I would do uh, different sayings. It was a lot of words. Um, and I really enjoyed it. Um, it's very therapeutic just to sit, just, I don't know, it's almost like you're sitting at a campfire or something that mm. the smell of... And, that time I used a lot of pine wood. It's just oh, it just was very aromatic oh, nice. and made the house smell so nice. And it was it was it was kind of a therapeutic thing, you know. Neat. Just over the years, it just kind of grew and grew, and until I learned of a different style of uh, burning pen that you could buy, and it's a wire tip pen hmm. that could change all the different tips, and you could literally, you know. Make any type of uh, strokes or you know different shadings, wow. and it just cha- it was a game changer. Wow. I, I normally tell people it was it's the Cadillac of uh, wood burning <laughs> pens, and it it transformed it from a hobby into an art into an art form, and it just stuck with me, and I fell in love with it, and through a lot of trial and error it's kind of grown into its own thing it's it's unique it's something that people don't see as often and i just i just love to do it it's uh, my favorite thing <laughs> what we saw and what i've seen on some of your instagram um examples are woodland images of animals and um kind of fantastical characters really intricate detail with personality in in the kinds of characters that you put on there squirrels rabbits how did you get from simple words to all these elaborate detailed characters like the squirrels or the rabbits or the uh, little gnomes or gnome like creatures they right. have real character like story like features that kind of grab you from that where how did you get from words and people's names and quotes and sayings to what you're doing now really to describe it in the best way possible I, I guess I would have to go into a little bit of personal history and sure. that I for an extended amount of time about 10 years or so um, I was involved in a group I was a, a it was a religious group and that's that's all I'll really say about it and it's um it was a very interesting uh type of group to belong to there was a lot of uh uh, suppression of creativity wow. and just wow. not a lot of um, imagination that was permitted. Though, though they knew that I had, you know, some skills in artistic, you know, in the artistic realm, and I was very limited. Um, I was, of course, my skills were used for the per for their, you know, for their purposes. Yeah, right, right. Oh. But it was very. Um, just stunted in what I could do. And, and really throughout that period in my life, I, uh, just kept thinking, you know, I, there's so much more, there's so, there's, there's just so much more out there that, Mm -hmm. that I could achieve and do with this. And, uh, and it was really that longing of, of needing to explore 
that imagination Mm -hmm. that brought me into this of just this fantastical I've since I, I don't belong there anymore of I'm course I'm just gonna say holla, so, holla, right. I'm so glad you're not there because <laughs> <laughs> wow you've you've got so much creativity it's what a, and maybe that maybe in a, in a backward way they serve to push you even more to explode it out you know get that creativity you know, going. I, I prefer to see it that way because yeah. you know had it not happened the way that it did right you know <laughs> Leaving that situation was very difficult and even a little bit dangerous at, I at can times. Imagine. Yeah. And I learned so much about myself in that. And one of the biggest things was, you know, to be true to what I feel I need to do and to mm. go where, you know, where my soul leads me and and really learned a lot. So <laughs> glad you could have that you know, that courage the artist in you just really sprang out and, and pulled you through that. There are a lot of people that they suppress it and they, they stay there, you know, whether Absolutely. it's because of somebody else or because of themselves. But so for you to be true to yourself, you started just exploring? I did. I really did. First of all, coming out of that, like I said, it was just a kind of a liberating. Uh, yeah. It was liberating, but it was also a very, uh, it was a tempest of, oh, of yeah. emotions and different things going on. So, what really hurled me back into just my creative outlets was just using it as my therapy. Mm-hmm. And that makes total sense. Oh, absolutely. And it was really a saving grace for me through that point in that period. And also, it was another way for me to just, you know, hone in on something that I've always loved my whole life. And, you know, what a benefit. Yeah. And it just, uh, it's been that important to me throughout my lifetime. And, and I, that's, I guess that's what really catapulted, you know, this, I, I kind of started out in, in a new life. The love and, of yes. It. Yeah. And I knew that it was going to be a very, very big part of how I would continue from, from that point on in my life. Oh. And, oh yeah, it's, it's just a, and, and really that just to me makes it so important, you know, not to, suppress those things in other people, you know, and even in the education system, you know, I I know you hear sometimes the arts are the first ones to Mm -hmm. be cut from funding and Mm -hmm. things. I would never knock sports. I think that's a great outlet for a lot of people. But even just in teaching us that we have large, these big emotions, and not only are those emotions normal, but to be able to express those in a way that's healthy right. and that you can be proud of when you're done. I think that's a wonderful thing. That's beautifully stated. And that took such guts to come out of because so many people just believe what they're taught and they don't question. And they, even if they do question, they're afraid of the repercussions of standing up and doing their own thing. So kudos to you. Absolutely. Your individual voice has become quite strong, clearly, through your pyrography stuff that I've seen anyway. That's one that's great to hear. That's that's great feedback. And um, that's wonderful. Did you have any self study or schooling or any mentors that kind of helped you when you started creating art? 
Well, you know, if, if we go way back, my mother tells me I was holding a, you know, as soon as I was able to hold a pencil, a crayon, anything, I was sitting down and, and constantly coloring, drawing, all of these things. But my mother, she did a lot of pastel work oh. and would do portraits and different things. And I remember, I, I don't even know how old I was, very, very young, maybe three or four, just sitting and watching her and oh. just being so enamored with with how she moved her pastels across the paper and just wow. watching, watching that technique right there Absolutely. as a child. Wow. It was great because she she let me do that, you know. It could have been a thing like, right. you know, go away kid, you bother me, but she she always she allowed it. you know Oh yeah, absolutely. And I would, I do remember I would, I would go off by myself and try to, to make the same thing or something similar. I'd be so frustrated (laughs) because I couldn't make this big elaborate picture. Uh, but yeah, it all started back then. My mother has always been, um, highly creative as well. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, she kind of went from, uh, her pastel work and she's always sewn and done different things mm-hmm. and got into quilting. That's like and, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. And so I've just watched her throughout my whole life, just where her creativity has taken her and how it served her and me, you know, yes. throughout, throughout life. So it starts with her. And then, you know, I remember distinctly in fifth grade, I had a teacher. Um, he was actually my reading teacher and um, we had we were supposed to illustrate something we had read about, and I remember drawing a horse, and he just saw something in that drawing. He and I were talking one day, and he said, you know, I, I got this little book for you at the book fair. He said, I, I just noticed that you really love to draw, and it was a book on how to draw horses. Wow. And that just... What a great teacher. Wow. It just verified exactly, to me. Yeah. Oh, the, there might be something here. I really love, not only do I love to do this, but someone else is noticing exactly. too. Right. And so I just dove into that book and just, you know, started uh, horses. It was all I drew for, you know, <laughs> my whole fifth grade year in school and all these horses and, you know, I loved it and it was great. But that really made yes. an impact on me at a young age. Yes, the belief in your artist, you know, talent right there mm-hmm. from your teacher. That's a beautiful story. Wow. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. it is. It is. I, I do. I love to tell that story. Um, of course, you know, I went throughout middle school and whatnot. But when I got to high school and met my art teacher, who was my art teacher all four years through high school, I did the advanced placement. I took every art course I could with her. Yeah. She just was something else. She really... I feel it was the same concept. She really believed in what I was doing. She she saw that my artwork was a really nice outlet for me. And, of course, I'm, here's this teenager. I'm, I'm awkward. I can't, you know, all <laughs> these different things are going on. And she uh, really helped me in, in honing my skills. And Beautiful. Yeah. So she was a very, very big influence on the whole thing. And I remember when I graduated, we give out the senior awards and Mm -hmm. things. And she bought me this giant box. I think there was a hundred and maybe 150 Prismacolor 
colored pencils, which, you know, wow. aren't shabby. They're a really right. nice pencil. They're the pencil I prefer to use. And, you know, just with really nice words of encouragement, you know, and whatever you do, just always hold on to your art. And it was a really, really wonderful thing uh, mm. from her. So it was also just that belief. Hey, you can you you've got something here so grateful that you had your mom and two really wonderful teachers that really shows the influence of a wonderful teacher on people Absolutely. and on an, an individual's influence whether you're a teacher or not and you know I'm sure that that even though you were kind of suppressing the art for a while there I'm sure mm -hmm. that made such a dent in your whole outlook that it was in you somehow waiting for you to come back to it basically it was it really was you know, it's been an interesting journey. That's what I'll say about it. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. Wonderful. You know, it's yeah. been awesome. What tools or what skill sets do you feel are essential to your art making? Well, as far as the pyrography is concerned, through years of practice and trial and error, as far as skill sets go, well, number one, I'll start here, is, is learning about wood and mm. different types of wood, the hardwoods, the softwoods how they burn differently, how you get different values for different types of woods. That was very important as a skill set for figuring out where I was going to go with this, what I was going to use. I do prefer to use softwoods. I don't mind to do the hardwoods. I, I prefer maple if I do. But basswood, it's a very soft wood. It's got a very nice light color, so you can do a lot with your burnings and and have a lot of contrast and beautiful things another thing as far as skill sets concerning wood burning well we call it you can call it wood burning or pyrography mm -hmm. are the heat settings of your pen oh. which is another tool that you have to learn with your values with your shading with your lines with with all of these things your heat setting really can make or break your piece can i ask a question sure what does it mean values with lights and darks. Oh, okay. That give you, you know, different values of shading. Okay. So with the pen, speaking about the pen and the heat settings, of course, the pen is the number one thing uh, oh, that tool. is ultimately essential to what uh, I do with my wood burning. What do you use? The brand is called Razor Tip. It's a company based in Canada. It's a wire tip. The wire tips are interchangeable on the end of the pen. You can buy different pens that are fixed, huh. but I go through I go through tips so fast that I just prefer to buy the tips and interchange as I go and use the pen. Hmm. Interesting. As far as the temperature, I believe it it can go up to a thousand degrees so it can get really hot where it's blazing red on the tip Ooh. um very rarely would i ever you know burn at that setting but it you know some people do and you know sometimes if you get it too hot and you're you're just you know doing your thing and you're you're burning the wood and you, you'll get a little piece of some of the oils from the wood will rise to the surface and you'll get a little flare up and and different things Ooh, ow, and that's all just ow. part of learning of what works best and how to use the pen so you just taught me that to be able to do wood burning or pyrography you have to be 
brave. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit, but I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a constant learner. I'm a, I'm a student uh, above all. And I'm like, you know what? I don't yeah, want that to yes. happen again. Let me turn this setting down just a little. So I don't have a big flare up in my face. <laughs> and of course, you know, there, there are some hazards. I've burned myself a couple of times and it, it happens. <laughs> but um, outside of that, really, as far as essentials, a good ventilation system. And I do have uh, a mask that I wear. I have to take it off from time to time. It can, it's a little bit restricting and it, it kind of gets to me a little bit, but I also have um, mm. air filter on my desk. That's really close to the pieces that I'm working on just as far as like, you know, fans and different things like that. That's another thing you have to kind of work with your settings because, you know, a fan can, alter the temperature of your of your pen and and do different things and oh yeah so it's just been a lot of trial and error and a lot of practice and uh, but those I would say are the essentials we've talked about it um, my husband and I about putting in a bigger system that just with an exhaust that may go out the window and and those are all things too that you just have to kind of research and, and look into and figure out what works best for you. Like I said, I can't sit for hours on end with a mask on my face. It's a little difficult to do that, but you do want to be mindful because you're dealing with fire and smoke and fumes and, and that stuff, you know, is potentially toxic, which is another issue, you know, with the woods, some woods are a little more dangerous to burn on than others are. And, you know, you just have to kind of research, do your, do your homework. Another big thing with the pyrography art is always using untreated wood, making sure it's completely natural. Um, That's something that we want to be careful about when we're doing that. Is there anything else that you would consider tools or skill sets you feel are essential to your art making? One thing that's coming to mind is um, I when I am out doing my art shows and I'm meeting people and I'm meeting mm-hmm. other artists that'll come up to you know my little booth set up and right. and oh I tried that once I did I I tried wood burning once and and it just didn't work out and I know that they're a great <laughs> you know that they they have the skills they're great with art and things if someone was starting out what I would say is um, really to try a softwood like a basswood first. And the reason why is because some wood is very grainy, has a lot of grain in it. And when you're dragging that pin across the grain, it's going to make your line all wiggly and and it's not going to be a straight line. Mm. And, and I think that's the frustration that a lot of people are, are met Give with yeah. and, and they right. say, and they tell me, I really would like to do something like this. And it's, it's all mm. it is, is just switching up, um, what I would consider your essentials to, to help yourself, you know, overcome those obstacles. That makes sense. Pine, while it's a beautiful wood, it smells wonderful. It's, it's a nice wood. It's a good soft wood. Um, it's not really good to learn on because, well, it's good to I guess you could learn on it, but if you're if you're looking to produce pieces that you know you want to present or you want to give as a gift, um, they can be mm-hmm. very grainy in that way, and 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 
the the wood grain can alter mm. your image greatly. Also, it has a lot of uh, sap and oils in it, mm. which can also affect your shading. And you know, you'll hit a big you'll hit a big uh, patch of oil, and it'll just start bubbling up on the end Ooh. of your pen. It's like boiling up. I would say if you're trying to learn and you really want to give yourself the best start possible, it would be to start out. I I just love basswood. I think yeah. it's a great wood uh, to work with. Okay. Um, Excellent yeah. tip for somebody brave enough to <laughs> brave <laughs> enough to, to to go into that effort. And interesting that that if you're using pine wood. And if it boils up and and sap or oil comes out onto your pen, what do you do with that? How do you, if you still are going to go ahead and use the pine, but if it's boiling up on your pen, what do you do with that stuff? Well, you kind of just let it do what it's going to do. I mean, it, it it will, it does. It's you just kind of sit there and watch it and think, okay. oh, look at that, look what that's doing. But it will leave. <laughs> It will leave a residue on the tip of your pen. Um, I do have a uh, a scraper. It's a cleaner. It's a tip cleaner that Razor Tip makes, and it's just a couple of. It looks like a couple of razor blades that are that are just kind of mm-hmm. shaped in a V against each other, so you can scrape off the. Uh, Residue. I guess the yeah. residue that gets on, and that doesn't only happen with uh, pine wood. That that just mm-hmm. it builds up, kind of part part of the terrain of what you're doing. I guess it yeah. does. Every so often, you just have to scrape the end of that pen. So okay. and then you can just continue on. Well, you'll notice as you're as you're doing your art that. Oh well, it's not really. I'm not really getting a good line here. It looks mm, a little, it, a little okay. faded to me, and so you'll you'll see it. it gives as you signs that it's building mm-hmm. up, basically. Neat. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to turn the pen off or anything. Well, some people may, some more experienced than me may say you should. But as far as the way that I do it. Um, I just leave the pen yeah. on and yeah, I trust and... you. I've seen good art from you. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my next question is what inspires you to create your art? Well, um, you've probably noticed a, a lot of it is nature. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love the things in nature and animals in particular, yeah. and also just, just different things I pull from nature. Sometimes I'll kind of, uh, morph those into something a little different than what you might normally see and and things like that. But that is a big one. And I love being in nature. I love hiking and um, I'm real big into kayaking and being on the water and, and things like that. So that is a big, big inspiration. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially, you know, I get my husband and I get back from a trip or something and I'm just ready. I'm so ready to <laughs> get back in the room and cause this idea has come to my mind. You know, another thing um, that really inspires me is uh, just emotion, just emotion itself. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I don't know, but me personally as an artist, the emotional aspect of life tends to be more sensitive than than other parts and I feel like you know the the emotion the well of emotion is very deep there Mm -hmm. sometimes I'll get into these low times and I'll just be feeling down or whatever and and it's it's I don't know it just makes me more sensitive to things like music Mm -hmm. you know music just 
draws that emotion from me. Mm-hmm. And those emotional things, I, I need outlets for that. Right. That drives me to the art desk every time because, you know, it just, uh, it's a way to release that. And it's not always negative feelings, you know. Right, and right. I don't necessarily see sadness as a bad thing. It's just part of the emotions mm-hmm. we're dealing with. And so that's a really big one for me. Music has been huge. What kind of music? I love growing up in Kentucky. I mm-hmm. grew up on bluegrass. Everyone in my family played an instrument growing up. Wow. And I like the traditional bluegrass, but I also like some of the newer things that have been emerging recently. And they'll call it new grass or um, these mm-hmm. different, even into the rock and roll scene. I've seen a little bit of a bluegrass influence creeping into mm-hmm, that. And mm-hmm. I love, love, love that. But as far as music is concerned, there's really not a genre that I don't like. I really Interesting. just pull from everything and, and just love to listen and, and, and just hear, even if it's something that I don't necessarily prefer. I want to hear, you know, you can still hear the passion right. and the art right. coming out of that, the creativity. And I just love to appreciate that in anything that I can. And music, you know, it's one of those things. I'm one of those people who just listen to music and you get the chill bumps. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's, I love that. Love, that's really love, love that. Well, mm-hmm. I think what kind of goes back to what you said earlier, you were talking about how your emotional aspect gets really sensitive. And I think that's, that's true of many people who are in touch with their artist self. The the reason I word it that way is because I believe everyone really is creative and everyone really is an artist. It's just that some of them suppress it or haven't allowed it yet to be tapped or whatever. But to me, most artists, and I'm an artist myself included, we're, we're, we're already hypersensitive to things. So even if mm-hmm. a lot of people may talk about how low times or, or troubling times really inspire us, we feel everything kind of more deeply and, and more readily. I think we're more in touch with it. And, and therefore, right. we can create from that. Would you agree with that? Or? Oh, I would 100% agree with that's that. Too easy. Absolutely. <laughs> that's too easy. Yeah, that, yeah it is, right? Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I I think that that is um, right on. And I and really, too, you know, as far as what you said about bringing the creativity out of everyone, because Mm -hmm. everyone possesses it. That's right. And and I think that is also, you know, very true. I think there's a lot of suppression and, you know, hiding that back and keeping that part of ourselves away. And, you know, many different reasons why we might do that. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. For me, that's the artist's mission or purpose is to help lead the way with that because we are able to express it. We can show mm-hmm. others and, you know, whether we show them how to express it through art, may it may simply be like they come and see your artwork and they're moved by it or they listen to a piece of music that I've written and, and it enables them to feel something. It doesn't necessarily mean that every person has to come up with a creative outlet, but at, at right. least that we as artists get them closer to experiencing what's really underneath it all, you know, for them. I think that's important. And I think your art does that because, you know, I've, I've seen it once at an art fair and both <laughs> my mother and I were quite moved by it. it. It was really a lot of passion comes through in that. And definitely the love of nature comes through and the sensitivity comes through. So 
ta-da, you're actual proof yeah. of that, <laughs> my theory. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I love that. Going to these shows, I love the feedback. I love the feedback. Oh, and I, I try to tell folks whenever I can, you know, that is so important, you know, to, to those who are, you know, to, to the artist, to those who are, you know, creating and doing, or, or anything for that matter. You right, know, we right. just, we thrive on feedback yes. and those encouraging, encouraging words. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And when you hear someone say, this really touches me, or this, re- this reminds me of a really great thing that happened or whatever the right. case may be. I, that's what I truly love about all of it. It's it's great yes. um, to hear that. Kind of makes you feel so. like you're actually fulfilling your true purpose when you, you get that clear it feedback. Is. I mean, how many, most people don't get that applause or that, that kind of feedback for mm-hmm. what they're doing. And we're, we're very fortunate. Sometimes artists are fortunate to get that feedback because a lot of people don't. And right. when, when you get it, it then it just per- perpetuates the wonderful creative process. Take us through the process of something, how you approach sure. it. Sure. Usually um, it'll it'll begin with the idea. And, you know, an idea will pop into my head of, you know, any particular thing. We'll, we'll say something from nature, um, which can apply to so many of the works anyway. A hundred percent of the time that idea connects with some emotion I have. Mm-hmm. It, there's something in it that it's it's just pulling me and, and I just, so I, I'll dwell on it sometimes for a couple days, sometimes a month. I mean, it, it can vary so how, how long I'll toss an idea around in my head. Once, once it's ready to manifest, I will, I'll start with composition, the forms of bodies and different body language, how I'm going to place things on the wood, where it's going to be, you know, um, how the body language, what's that saying and, and different things like that. And I'll do that through sketching. I'll do several sketches and just look at if it's really trying to convey exactly what I want to say. And when I get to a point in my sketching where I think I've really found what I'm looking for, um, I'll do a a sketch on paper. Um, I will take it then and transfer that image onto the wood using some carbon paper. It gives you a cleaner image to just transfer the image over in that way. Once I have the... uh, image on there. Of course, I'll burn the outline. And this is where after I've done the outline, I start thinking a lot about color. And color mm-hmm. is, I told you, you mm-hmm. know, in the beginning, I was really afraid of color. And so I, I, I have a lot of respect for the science of color. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. And, and so I really play around with the different colors I want to use. Do I want this to look natural? Do I want this to look you know, fantastic or whimsical. And and so I'll play around with my color palettes. When you say play around, you mean just thinking about it or doing something physically with oh, it? Oh, I'll use it on a spare. I've got some spare wood that I use okay. periodically. Okay. And I'll, I'll see what it looks like on the on the wood and, and how it, you know, basswood mm. being a softwood, it, it'll absorb a lot of your pigment if you're using water-based colors. And so I, I do a lot of playing with that Interesting. because do I want it to be bright? Do I want it to be muted more like a watercolor? So I want to get that part right. 
Mm-hmm. And, and I'll spend some time with that. And then once I've figured out what I want to do, I start doing the uh, color on the piece. Mm-hmm. Once I'm done with the color, sometimes I'll put a finish on my works. I don't prefer to do that. Why not? Because um, different types of finishes can yellow the wood oh. and, and give you a different color for your wood. Oh. Now, if someone tells me, hey... I may have this in a window with sunlight on it, or I may put this out on the porch or whatever. I will um, reluctantly put a <laughs> put a UV coating on it to, just to kind of protect that color from fading. Most of my works um, do better if you hang them inside, though. Um, and some people have, you know, decided, well, we're, you just leave it as is. I'm going to put it behind glass or I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, we'll do different things with it. So that's generally the process Neat. of how that works. Mm-hmm. That was fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I was in your head. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to sincerely thank artist Amanda Packard, also known as the Phoenix Quill, for sharing her story with your creative cord today. Look for part two of our dialogue posting October 1, 2019, as we dive more personally and universally into how the artist's creativity began, what led her to create, and what inspires her art. We cover the issue of women empowerment through creativity, how Packard's personal journey became the catalyst for her feminine, free, women-based characters in her art, the emotional benefits of being in touch with the artist within, and Packard's percolating interest in aligning her art to help domestic violence victims. You can read the blog summary at the link below this podcast. Thanks for joining Your Creative Chord Podcast. I'm Jenny Lee Hodgins. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love to hear from you. Share a review to help me grow Team YCC. Leave a comment below this podcast link. Share this with others who may benefit from this info, and thank you so much. You can get more inspiring strategies for exploring creativity and inspiration at yourcreativechord.com. I invite you to join me in your Creative Chords community by joining Team YCC. You'll be the first to know about my new content, blogs, podcasts, videos, ebooks, and upcoming courses. You'll also get a free PDF checklist on how to prioritize for best results. Just go to yourcreativechord.com forward slash sign up here. That's yourcreativechord.com forward slash sign up here. See you next time on Your Creative Chord.